Hello, welcome to the New Business Diaries, brought to you by the IPS New Business and Marketing Group, a series in which we speak to some of the biggest names in our industry on the hot topics within the new business world. My name is Claire Charlot. I am the UK and EMEA Marketing Director at VML YNR, and today I have the pleasure to speak with a personal hero of mine, one of Campaign's industry trailblazers, Creative Review's top 50 creative leader, and the founder of Creative Equals, Ali Hanan. Today, we ask Ali, could greater diversity be the best kept secret of a successful new business practice? Hello, Ali, and thank you for joining us. So you started Creative Equal in 2015 as your side hustle, and then you went full-time in 2016. And critical really at the core has the belief that diverse teams shape diverse work for diverse audience. So I wanted to start by asking you about the piece that you wrote for campaign about two years ago, actually, uh, titled "Why Female Creative Don't Get to Pitch." Uh-huh. Um, yes. So what what did you mean? And, and most importantly, I think two years on, do you think things have changed? Huh. So originally the piece was written because actually what we see in creative agencies is a lot of affinity bias and a lot, lot of A teams that form within companies. And the challenge is that when pitches come around, often people defer to people that they know or trust within the, in a company. And often those people are people who look like themselves. And then of course the challenge is if you become a, a, a pitch winning team, and you become the go-to pitch winning team, it means that different people don't get opportunities to within teams to win new business, um, particularly in creative roles. As in all roles, if you are bringing a new business, you're seen to be a key driver for growth and someone to promote, someone to retain, and someone to reward. So often, particularly when it comes to uh, minority groups in, in any department, but particularly creative departments, it means that they then also don't get a chance to gain those critical leadership roles within the industry. So, you know, that's a huge challenge. And I guess a couple of years on, yes, we are seeing uh, changes and positive changes, but equally we're seeing something like in our last data cut back in January, and we were seeing that actually 12% of um, female creatives were thinking of leaving the industry. And again, um, the data shows that that's also because they're not given the same equal opportunities. Not the right opportunities. Yeah, as their, as their male counterparts. But that would be the same for any minority mm-hmm. group within a, within a creative department or any department particularly. Um, those also we see it a lot along uh, racial lines as well. So yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. So we need to break that to be more successful at winning business because business with a healthy balance of men and women and with diverse team are 15% more likely to outperform their competitors. And that's not me saying it, it's McKinsey. Um, And those with employees with a good mix of ethnic background are actually 35% more likely to outperform. So really it's a sort of a missed opportunity for agencies. Yeah, it's a huge missed opportunity. And I think also just thinking of the revenue that we're also missing out on. Uh, So in 
in London, of course, you know, over 41% of the population here come from an, an ethnic minority yeah. uh, background. And equally, the power uh, of the ethnic uh, power is worth something like uh, 300 mm. billion pounds. Um, we're lucky enough to have mm. an incredible woman called uh, Lydia Amois, who's the author of the Black Pound Report, uh, working with us. Um, and she's done a phenomenal piece of research. Um, so if you take, for example, something for example like the hair care market, so yeah, this is this is this is crazy when you think about this. So five point two billion pounds of the is the value of the hair care market, but actually black women make up eighty percent of that spend. Mm. So something like four point two billion pounds is spent by black women on on hair care. Now, if you talk to any hair care brand or you talk to any agency who has creatives or a strategy department that is thinking about that, you know, what's the bet that they're not thinking about any of their products or any of their audiences from a multicultural point of view? Um, and equally, if we also think about uh, our agency in terms of age representation, we know that only like something like 6% of our industry are over the age of 50. Uh, that's of, of, either, of either gender. Um, and equally, something like 70% of the UK's wealth is actually held by the over 50s. So, when so not, not the Gen Z or the millennial. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, as brands, you know, and, and as agencies, we're often going after the, the youth market, the kind of, mm. you know, specifically the 18 to 24-year-old, but 24-year-olds with the idea that if we get them young, they're going to be loyal to our brands for life. Mm. But actually, they've got no money, you know, particularly in the UK, particularly right now. You know, they're facing huge, you know, if they go to university, they're facing huge student debt. You know, amazing, uh, you know, rents are so high in London as well. You know, it's it's financially it's incredibly tough to be mm-hmm. um, uh, between eighteen and twenty four living living. You know, particularly in London uh, yeah. right now, or, or any of the any of the big cities. Um, but yeah, well, the wealth is with the over fifties. But who's targeting them, and are we representing them either? So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that there's the potential for growth, right? That's 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 your growth opportunities is in in the invisible parts that we of society that we just don't see. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that we one of the things that we're thinking when we talk about new business and you said um, yourself that it's kind of at the heart of the agency, it gives people visibility, it gives you opportunity to get access to, you know, some of the most senior people in your agency and also, you know, some really exciting client. So do you think that um, because those team and kind of the new business machine is so integral to agencies that could be a way to kind of accelerate agency transformation? Oh, definitely. I mean, the new business, like you said, is the absolute machine. But again, I guess the challenge is really getting all the new business people across the sector Mm. to really also think about their biases and also to think about the opportunities and those invisible markets that they're not seeing that Mm. have all this revenue and also the potential for growth. So I guess it's, you know, really, uh, you know, unlocking the door to all of, all of those opportunities that are right on our doorstep, but often you know we don't think about targeting specifically. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess for agencies that are already sort of moving the needle on um, those topics, how can they best leverage and show their commitment in throughout the pitch process without necessarily feeling like um, that they're ticking a box or that you know they're sharing internal initiative. Yeah, I, th- I think um, obviously when it comes to pitches, one of the key things is to represent 
in an authentic way. There was a story, I think, of, was it Rihanna who walked in and was going to do a... I think it was Beyonce. Beyonce was going to do a, a, a piece of work with... Um, oh, I'm going to get all my facts wrong. <laughs> the sports brand. Sports brand a, 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 a footwear brand. I can't, I can't, I can't remember off, off the top of my head. And she walked in and the team didn't look like her. And she just took one look and walked out the door again. And, and, mm-hmm. and so she should. Um, and actually we're hearing that more and more from new business teams that actually you know, clients are asking more and more what is, what is the representation of the teams that are going to be working on our work you know, particularly when it comes to creative teams oh we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're a female brand you know, where are you going to get your authentic voices from if you're, if you're, if you're not representing within your team and you know, even if um, you don't have those people within, in your team how are you going to engage with communities in a meaningful way that's mm. going to get us the desired effect with our work uh, you know that's going to resonate with our consumer base because you know that's the challenge so we're going to find out the narratives that can that can really bring those campaigns and those pieces of work to life yeah and i think that's a really good segue because um over the past few years we've seen many um leading advertisers actually call upon their agency to build more diverse team um, and some, some have even kind of threatened otherwise to, you know, stop doing business with, with the agencies. And, and I, I know Creative Equal works really closely with Diageo um, and Seal Salas is um, a vocal advocate. And last year she wrote to all of our agency, including my agency, the MLYNR, um, asking to see, you know, our stats on gender diversity and pay gap and how many um, female uh, director we were working with and all of those sort of things. So is, is that a role that you see for brands or how can agency also be leading in, in that space? Yeah, I think the interesting thing is agency will move faster. Agencies will move faster if they are motivated by brands pushing them to change. I mean, ideally, agencies would want to move the dial you know, on their own. But, you know, I, I guess the threat of losing business or, mm. or not, you know, going through to... The, the, the pitch shortness because they're not representative is you know a huge motivator to change yeah. really quickly but equally it's brilliant that progressive brands like uh, Diageo are, 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 are putting their agencies on the front foot because they want their agencies to live out their own values I know one of their um, key uh, targets is to be 40% uh, women in leadership by the year 20 to 25 and of course you know they want their agencies to Fall on, you know, fall on with their values, um, which is all about, you know, making sure that they are diverse and uh, and and champion equality. Yeah, um, and could could they do more? As in, like, do you think they are asking the right question, or do you think that, um, you know, what other questions are and ask, or how could how could we move faster? I guess. How could we move faster? Um, that's a really good question. You know, I think actually. It's understanding that diversity is a movement, uh, understanding that, to your point earlier, that it actually is incrementally going to always move the bottom line and really mm. believing that for every person, you know, for every, every um, uh, by becoming more diverse and more inclusive, you are going to become more creative, more innovative, more profitable. More profitable. Uh, yeah, so, so just absolutely living and breathing the business case. And I think particularly in times where we're seeing quite a lot of... Um, uh, recessionary behaviour, particularly in, in the UK, beginning to increasingly uh, encroach on brand um, diversity and inclusion is one of the areas that we should be investing in, um, and also just to know that it is an investment. That change takes time, and it takes and it takes money. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it also takes uh, intent and everyday intent. So it's not just you know like a, a tick box exercise or a mission and vision statement. It's about actually getting everybody within a company to live and breathe what that means for themselves. That's you know it's as part of a, of a behaviour change shift and knowing that if we have different minds at the table, we're going to come up with better ideas, which is what Syl Salah's seen actually from the work that she did, uh, that Diageo did with our Creative Comeback program. They said they got ideas that they would have never seen before from, from, uh, from uh, you know, a typical agency uh, scenario. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I guess beyond demanding the change, you know, how, how can client help their agency build a more balanced, um, you know, more diverse team, but also kind of a more balanced um, work life. And I think taking it back to new business, because that's kind of where we started, we know that um, a pitch, you know, everybody says how tiring it is and you work overnight and you, you know, it's like a hot house for like months sometimes. Um, and sometimes I think a lot of that comes from a client demanding, you know, giving you a week to come up with an idea or something like that. So is there a part that clients can play as well in kind of helping agency achieve an environment that allows for diverse team to be successful? It's a really interesting conversation and I think this is one that one that the uh, that the agency and the client space need to really lean into is to have a a round table together on, you know, obviously inclusion and diversity is the goal, mm. but then actually sometimes, you know, um, particularly, you know, uh, if it is a quick turnaround, if there is a, a huge amount of work to cut through in a short space of time, that will impact on, on, on people's workload. So is there a better way to kind of manage the pitch process? Is it about longer lead times? Is it about not expecting, you know, the whole kitchen sink when it comes to, you know, coming back with the, the pitch work? Should yeah. we really be delivering ideas? Back? Should we actually be really delivering, um, you know, executions and, and work? Um, you know, the answer is probably no. So I think mm. it's actually, you know, I think there needs to be a, a really, it's the next conversation to be having is, is there kind of like a, you know, some guiding principles for how we actually conduct pitches that actually don't have a negative impact on, uh, on inclusion and diversity for teams. But then equally is it for agencies to also think about how they might manage that better, maybe mm. how they also scale up the team for the pitch, mm. although that's always a challenge when they're the, the when it's speculating to accumulate, isn't it? So yeah. I think it's it's it's, an, it's a topic that's yet to be nailed down and explored. Um, perhaps we should do that next, Claire. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it's the next creative recall projects. <laughs> Um, could you offer two or three practical suggestions or maybe watch outs um, for client, for agencies, for, for intermediaries as well that will kind of help create a more equal and inclusive pitch process? Yeah, I think it's interesting if we actually put diversity and inclusion as the red thread that drives the pitch process. Mm. So I guess in terms of I'm a brand, you know, I guess again, it's up to agencies to obviously why they're hiring the agencies is to help them think strategically about how they could be positioning their brand. So helping brands think about, you know, new multicultural audiences that they could be tackling, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, blind spots that the client might have in terms of uh, their customers. But equally, um, putting it right from the, you know, team that's running that pitch work 
to the output to you know how they're collectively going to move together mm. you know into the work and into the pitch winning process and then the the ongoing client work um, and everyone's seeing that as an opportunity for growth mm. for innovation for yep. creativity for mutual profitability you know I think actually diversity and inclusion has to un- underpin the whole process the whole system mm. and whether that's been driven by clients or that's been driven by agencies pushing clients or clients pushing agencies to think differently you know I think the interesting point is what happens when it becomes the core of the pitch process you know that is the challenge isn't it what happens yeah. when it becomes the one thing that we think about first anyway that's what I would say that would be the number one thing actually yeah. <laughs> and then the number two thing would be really getting um, teams to understand their blind spots so understanding their uh-huh. bias and that's particularly even when it comes to producing, you know, the creative work and that, you know, is our research, you know, biased? Actually, we went to one company the other day and they start their research with, is it for boys or is it for girls? You know, what about if it was just for children? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, you know, research is biased. The strategy might end up being biased. Therefore, the brief will be biased. Therefore, the creative team, mm. who might be one kind of people, will be biased. They'll be coming to the table with their biases and then the work will be biased, and then it will come out to the world as a bias. And then, of course, you've got the challenge of, you know, how does the, you know, social, different social communities that we serve take on that work? So mm. I think the, the, my second point would be understanding that bias is present throughout the whole process and how we can check ourselves every step of the way. And the third thing, I think, is just to really um, think differently and actually really start, you know, becoming... Uh, is to open up all our networks and to really, you know, think about this endless pipeline that we that we do have right on our doorstep. How we can really invite all sorts of different people into. I think Karen Blackett's got a great um, uh, mm. a great phrase, you know, to create this great sort of you know fruit salad, this great mix of all different kinds yeah. of you know uh, colours and flavours and talent that are going to bring something different to the table. So really thinking about what is this person going to be adding to our culture, adding to our creative process, rather than thinking of um, you know, hiring for the same. So you know, I think that would be the third point, is really you know, challenging yourself and teams to hire different. Simple exercise is, um, actually a good friend of mine was telling about, uh, me about this the other day, is she plays a game where she goes around at companies that she works in, who's in the room, and so she takes a photograph of photographs over a day of who's in the room and I think you know if you mm. kind of notice who is in the rooms you know particularly who's in those leadership rooms yeah then of course that will be you know the points of view or the bias or the perspectives that get put you back get through, through the company yeah. yeah so that would be my third point thank you so much Claire. well thank you Ali for your time and all of those brilliant advice we have a lot more work to do now <laughs> thank you and of course we can achieve it thank you so much absolutely